G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, February 24. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Joel Marshall and Carl Diorio. Well, Joel, the Blue Diamond highlights a big triple Group 1 program at Caulfield on Saturday. And uh, looks like it's another fairly open Blue Diamond. It was uh, $5 the field Last year, $4.60 the field the year before that, and uh, looks like a pretty similar story on Saturday. Yeah, indeed, Barks. Well, there hasn't been a lot between them in the lead-ups. The, the times were almost identical between the Phillies and the Colts and Geldings and the two preludes. And, of course, the other main form, well, we've got the, the Sydney form line as well, coming through Lady of Camelot and uh, Rue de Royale and, and Fearless. And then you've also got the the chairman stakes of uh, Coleman and, of course, Anisa, who chased him home. So, you know, they've got to go from the 1,000 to the 1,200 without that run in between, or as the prelude runners have had, the 1,100. So there's a sort of different angles you can take, and there's really not many that you can... Usually that usually you could find seven or eight in a blue diamond that you can just put a pen through and say can't win. But, yeah, I don't think it's like that this year. I think you can struggle to put a pen through any, really. And Carl, you've got a story on the inside back of this week's winning post uh, with uh, Peter Snowden, who uh, has been, uh, Peter and Paul Snowden have um, uh, certainly proved themselves that they can win this race. And uh, they got a couple of very good chances in high octane and, uh, and bodyguard, and they've also got uh, fearless in the race. Um, I was thinking high octane and bodyguard would be disputing, or, you know, fighting it out for uh, favouritism. I thought, no, I'll go for a bit more value in Coleman. But then, uh, it, oh, spoiler alert! But uh, it turns out that um, that Coleman Coleman is uh, favourite from uh, Lady of Camelot, and uh, those other two are a bit further down. What are, What are your feelings on it? Yeah, I tend to be a little bit surprised, like yourself, Darks, that Coleman's favourite. Um, you know. It has been racing in single-figure fields and, and now will uh, jump in the middle of the line uh, high-pressure blue diamonds. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think Bodyguard has done anything wrong. And High Octane, uh, when he did get the chance to uh, finish off, he, he won his blue diamond preview. So, um, yeah, the Snowdens have won the race three times. Um, they, they've certainly had a, uh, in many respects, a... Uh, well, at high octane, you know, had a, had a faultless preparation before he went to line held up and, and bodyguard had a faultless preparation before the lameness issues emerged early on Thursday morning. And we'll see if he passes that uh, last minute fitness cloud uh, ahead of the blue diamond. But uh, yeah, echo Joel's sentiments. Uh, it is an even race. There's no sepoy in it. It, it certainly is the sort of field that uh, you could make a case for many runners. All righty. Uh, you've also, um, they were the Snowdens have got the favourite in the Oakley Plate and King's Gambit, and uh, your story also uh, covers that three-year-old taking on the older horses. Uh, we'll take you right through. Plenty of good racing. There's Black Type in Sydney and Adelaide as well, and uh, Perth, and no doubt New Zealand. So we'll get to all that. We'll start at Caulfield. We'll take you right through the Black Type there. And we start in race three. Sports bet Angus Armanasco stakes 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-old fillies at Group 2 level, Joel. 
Yeah, well, hopefully uh, me and Carl can get the punters off to a good start here because, spoiler alert, we uh, agree on the same horse at good odds. Number seven, Don't Doubt Layla. She impressed winning first up on the Kenzo track, coming from last and, and winning well, was then sent south by the Mar stable and just never got a chance to get into it. GD went slow for a 1,200-metre race at Caulfield last start, uh, breaking 33 for their last 600. I think her last 200 was the fourth best of the day. She just never got a chance to to get into the race. So the step up in trip helps, better barrier helps. Hopefully she settles closer and I think she can improve sharply. Uh, the one I can save on is number six, So Glamorous. She'd had a bit of a freshen leading into the Kevin Hayes uh, over the 1100, just sort of held her ground there, was um, okay behind the impressive Estriella. I think the step up in trip was a big positive for her. And then we've got uh, one of the returning fillies from the spring, number two, Autumn Angel, did a good job through that. Campaign obviously finished it with the Group 3 win and the Ethereal. And in for fourth, the debut winner, number nine, rocking the boat. 7632. Oh, sorry, 7629. Yeah, I'm with Don't Doubt Layla. Um, as you said, Joel got back in that slowly run race. Diamond Decorator led throughout, and she was strong through the line. Uh, last 200 was great, as you mentioned. Rise in distance suitable, draws kindly in barrier three. First two starts this campaign has drawn wider. Uh, there is a bit of pace in this race. Hopefully she can settle midfield and, and she'll be finishing off strong, I'm sure. Or the Mangel, uh, I suspect, will improve over a touch further. I've got her in for second. Sarah Sun is a affiliate I had plenty of time for. I jumped off the bandwagon and then she won the Sandown Guineas. So um, she's taught me a bit of a lesson. I've put her in for third. And Rocking the Boat was a good debut maiden winner at Sandown Lakeside when meeting market support. I've gone 7, 2, 1 and 9. Autumn Angel for me from Sarasana, Rocking the Boat and Harlow Mist, 2, 1, 9 and 4. Race 4 at the Heath on Saturday. Sportsbet Zedative Stakes. This one's for uh, three-year-old, three-year-olds of either gender and it is over 1,200 metres. It's also set weights and penalties and it's a Group 3, Joel. I thought number four, Sheelight, was a good each-way play here. Unplaced in his five runs through the spring, but G ran some really good races. He was getting back and, and just giving himself too much to do, but he powered home in the Vane, the McNeil, the Guineas Prelude. They were all flashing light runs, and then he went to the Caulfield Guineas. Uh, pace didn't really suit there from a wide gate, and then they tried freshening him up for the, the Coolmore, and it was probably the end of his prep. I like that he's drawn three, and I like that he's kicking off over 1,200. I reckon just, I'm just hoping that he can settle a bit closer. And if he can, then I think he's a good each-way play. From one brave mead, impressive first up, ridden aggressively, got the job done in the Manfred. Two, uh, sorry, three, Don Corleone, uh, mixed it with some pretty good types in the spring. And two, Mahaba, another talented type, resuming from a spell. But don't fours over the odds from one, three, two. Don Corleone on top for me. Uh, first up from a spell, has trolled well ahead of this uh, assignment. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a nice sort of starting point for him. Uh, I, I don't feel like he's a complete top liner, but this is about his level. And uh, I've got him ahead of Wolfie, who, again, I think will be better over a touch further, but has been working well with his Flemington jump-outs ahead of his resumption. Uh, one brave mead, uh, rolled along in the lead, won the Manfred Stakes very well, but has to carry full weight penalty here. And then for fourth, number 10, Pivot City, who was horribly unlucky at Mooney Valley when resuming off a very good jump out. I've gone 3, 6, 1 and 10. Uh, well, like in the Armanasco, I'm with the Moody Coleman filly resuming here in Legacy. 
to beat Mahaba, Brave Mead and Don Corleone, 11, 2, 1 and 3. Race 5 at Caulfield on Saturday, the Stowe Storage Autumn Classic. This is also for three-year-olds. This is at set weights and it's an 1,800-metre group two. Sure. Yeah, inter- yeah, interesting race, Sparks, with a few of these getting up in trip and, you know, you could get some that, well, you know, a couple of them that could really jump out of the ground. I'm sticking with the unbeaten immediacy. Really like what he's done at both starts. Uh, he's come off the bridle and looked beaten in the middle stages or, you know, sort of before the corner or both times and really liked the way he knuckled down at Cranbourne and backed it up at Sandown. Post-race, uh, Trent Busson did say that they had blinkers up their sleeve and they'd He'd be using them one day. Um, I perhaps didn't expect them to put them on straight away, but they have, maybe just around Caulfield too. Um, obviously, Sandown, bigger straight. He was able to build into it. But around Caulfield, he'll need to be sharper, and the blinkers can uh, obviously, hopefully, uh, help him with that. And he can just travel into it a bit better. I think he's a smart horse in the making. I've got him ahead of eight United Kingdom. Uh, lived up to the hype on debut at Geelong. Did a bit wrong, but was good coming from the back and winning. Five, Caracas was also impressive with Pakenham at his second start, uh, rounding up the man's man, who again went down at Pakenham the week after. Uh, but it was a, certainly a solid win by Caracas and in for fourth. Number four, uh, Genrichero, who won a maiden at Mornington. It was only a class one at Mooney Valley the other day. Was beaten not odds on, but certainly wasn't a bad run. And also a gear change for him with the blinkers going on. But two, pretty keen on immediacy from 854. Yep, immediacy on top for me. I've been in his corner both starts and uh, his last start victory. Um, the second, third and fourth horse then came out their next start and won. I have a small share in the fifth horse and he came out and ran second his next start. So uh, uh, just just the height of the world. Uh, but immediately he's a progressive three-year-old and uh, he looks hard to beat here. From eight, United Kingdom, a good debut winner at Geelong. Uh, Caracas also won his maiden and packed them in good style, getting back off a slow tempo and, and hit the line strongly. They look the main three chances. Done believing next best. He's a bit of a grinder. He'll excel, I think, over a, a, a touch further later this campaign. I've gone two, eight, five and one. Uh, yeah, so I've got the same Quinella as the boys, but the other way around. I'm with uh, the other unbeaten one, United Kingdom, after just a one start from Immediacy, Caracas, and just a boom. Eight, two, five, and ten. Race six at Caulfield on Saturday is the Carlton Draft. Peter Young stakes, 1,800 metre weight for age. Group two, Joel? Yeah, I've put the Kiwi mare on top, number seven, Campionessa. Uh, very talented mare, group one. Multiple Group 1 winner in New Zealand. It was beaten only by Legato over the 2,000 metres last start. Just that recent racing, I think she'll be pretty fit, pretty forward. She gets the right run, and I think she gets a chance to win a feature race in Australia. I'm looking forward to Unusual Culture getting over a bit of ground. Um, bit over a bit further, and the blinker's going on too. She's just she's been going okay. She's been a bit slow out, and then the other day she jumped okay, put herself on speed, but just didn't have the same quicken up speed as the stablemate Yonce did, and Think a little bit further and blinkers can see her improve. Uh, one gold trip would not shock at all if he was able to win. He was massive first up at the Valley last prep, obviously before on uh, before going on to win the Turnbull. And 10, Foxy Cleopatra, talented mare, fitter for that good first up run in the Carline, Cop, uh, Carline Cup. Seven camping in for me from 9, 1 and 10. 10, Foxy Cleopatra, uh, good first up run in the Carline Cup. They went steady in that race and she found the line well. 
only has the one win from eight starts, but she, she's run some great races in defeat, including second up last prep when second the Charter House in the Cranbourne Cup. Um, just well, I, I, she appeals on an each way basis in the seven dollars fifty. I, I can't really take the the cramped odds of that Campionessa or Gold Trip, but I've got them in for second and third respectively. And Zenzella, who uh, won the Lord Stokes second up and then ran third off a wide run in the Magic Minions Trophy, I've got her in for fourth. Unusual culture, just to query the distance for mine. I've gone ten, seven, one, and eight. Uh, yeah, I made Campionessa my best for the day to beat Zenzella. Foxy, Cleopatra and El Soliado. You know, I just think it's surely it's uh, too short and too early for all those uh, those ones, those uh, male horses, older male horses up the top. I mean, I, although they, there are good judges around who will tell you that Gold Trip is an absolute freak. But anyway, I've left him out. Seven, eight, ten, and six. Race seven is the first leg of the quaddy, strangely enough, because it's going to be a very short price favourite. It is the Lamaros Hotel Futurity Stakes, 1400 metre weight for age, Group One, Joel. Yeah, um, probably just a Quinella bet for me, Mr. Brightside with Nuggets. Mr. Brightside on top. Um, you know, he sort of looked beaten a few times first up, but just a oh, great chase to win that all stakes first up. and yeah, he's hard to tip against because, uh, you know, you're, you're expecting him to improve on whatever he did first up. And if he improves at all, he should be winning. Five Nugget, not many bad runs on his CV in Australia, uh, including a couple of really good first up runs and a couple of top efforts at Group 1 level. So he's a good horse, and I think he'll run second. Uh, two Pericles can settle closer than he did in the oar. He got back from a you know, sort of gate five, barrier one. He shouldn't be too far away. He can improve. And seven, Attrition, talented type. Uh, he can certainly run well first up. One, five, two, seven. Same Quinella for me, Mr. Brightside. He picks himself. Nugget, he's a dual first up winner resuming. Uh, he, he should run well. Hey, Fat Cat, I, I really am a, a fan of this horse. He won his first two starts this campaign. He blew the start in the Autumn Stakes and uh, was, was quietly ridden and hit the line hard. And then on the seven-day backup in the CSA's last time, got absolutely hammered in the lead. Still had the audacity to kick early into the straight before getting run down the last hundred. This race might just set up okay for him if he trails Buffalo River, gives a bit of kick into the straight. I think he can run a bit of a cheeky race to add value into the exotics and Buffalo River Pericles next best. I've gone one, five, eight, and six. Uh, yeah, uh, unanimous, obviously, for Mr. Brightside. Buffalo River Pericles in attrition for the miners. For me, one, six, two, and seven. Second leg of the quarter is the big one. It is uh, race eight, sports bet, blue diamond stakes, 1,200 metres. Set weights for two-year-olds, group one worth $2 million. Joel? Well, I won't speak too long about my top tip because she probably won't get a run and she's 150 to one. So 18 ultimatum, I've been liked her right from day dot. I thought her debut run against Bodyguard was excellent. And I thought the run in the Blue Diamond Prelude where she was always going to improve was very good. Winker's on, out to 1,200. If she sneaks a run, I think she'll run a cracking race and she won't start anywhere near 100 to one. I think if she does get a run, if she's not here, I'm with eight high octane. I uh, thought he was very good on debut. Who knows? The other day, you don't know whether he would have won or not, but I dare say he would have gone very close. And I think the wider gate does suit him better. In for third, number three, bodyguard. A uh, little bit of a query now with uh, those lameness issues, but uh, we'll wait and see what the vets do. But he's hard to fault on race day form. And I've put uh, the 13 Lady of Camelot. Hard to leave out a Waterhouse bot runner because they're winning every 
two-year-old race around and uh you know rose hill 1100 sometimes you can get a bit carried away with on paces at, at, you know that win over that track and trip but was fast time and i think she can run well uh, and as i said i think it's a bit of a raffle plenty of chances and i've gone with the 18 if it sneaks around 18 8 3 and 13. Uh, the pressure early in this race is going to be key i've gone with anisa i hope she can sit midfield and get home over the top First up run was ridden patiently in the five-horse field, hit the line strongly behind Coleman. Gives the indication that she's, uh, you know, looking for the 1,200, but not a, not a scopey filly, a filly that we're probably going to see the best of her at this season. And this looks her opportunity with the, the Damien Lane from Barrier 5. Got her on top from Bodyguard. Let's see what the Vets finds. But his uh, two performances to date have been very good. Stave mate High Octane in for third. Coleman in for fourth, and then I'd put in Lady of Camelot, who did get unbalanced and on the wrong leg when winning first up in Sydney from Barrier 1. So on that performance, should be better going the Melbourne way of going. They're the five main chances for mine. Uh, 12, 3, 8, and 4. And I, as mentioned earlier, and with the favourite Coleman to beat Lady of Camelot, Kuro Yanagi and Bodyguard, 4, 13, 14, and 3. Race 9 is the third of the Group 1s, third leg of the quaddy, sports best Oakley Plate, 1,100-metre handicap, with a minimum weight of 50. The toppy is on 58, and it is a Group 1. Joel? Yeah, I've gone for one here in pretty good odds, and I'm hoping she can pull out one of her good ones in number 5, Chain of Lightning. It's been a while since she's won, and that's probably why she's such a big price, but her last two preps, her fresh runs have been really, really good. She was excellent in the Rubiton and, and without a bit of luck this time last year and then had quite a few fans in the Oakley Plate and she was okay, not, not beaten far, but probably had her chance. And from there on, you know, she just hasn't been able to get one of the big ones, but she was pretty consistent running through a, several Group 1 races. And I thought in the spring, as I said, her first up run was good, blind as Fura and Uncommon James, and then... Well, was only beaten the length at Flemington and then I think had issues at Caulfield, pulled up lame, and you can forget that. So recent jump out was good and I like them that they're, I like that they're attacking this race first up just on the basis of her, her good fresh runs. Her last couple of preps, she goes well at Caulfield and would probably love a little bit of sting out to be at her absolute best. But I thought she was worth a throw at the stumps with a with a nice weight, fifty three and a half. Uh, the one that beats King's Gambit probably would have had him on top but i don't like gate one i think it's going to get messy for him in there if he gets the breaks and if he drops his head and does everything right then he can win for sure he's a top uh, class colt i've got as in for third not too worried that she was beaten the other day i think they were giving her the run just to have her absolutely spot on for this and i think she will be and eight benedetta will be rushing home nine uh, sorry five fifteen two and eight yeah, I've gone with King's Gambit on top. We'll need luck from Barrier 1 with the rail at four metres. It's actually an interesting tidbit that uh, the last time Caulfield raced with the four-metre position, that was back in July 2021, and all nine races that day were won by horses that settled in the second half of the field. Um, King's Gambit will get probably um, midfield, maybe just for the midfield, and just needs a bit of luck. Peter Snowden believes we haven't seen the best of this colt, of course, he missed last year's Coolmore Stud Stakes with an elevated temperature. And in his final run uh, before that race, he beat the subsequent winner, Osmosis, 
by winning the Roman console. His jump, his trials, I should say, uh, with Jamie Carr, the board, have been very good. So I've got him on top as the best bet of the day from his fora, who has her fifth appearance at Group 1 level in this race. Benedetta in for third, recommendation in for fourth, 15 to 8 and 7. I am with um, Ings Gambit as well. The Sharipa, Kalos and Najim Sahail, 15, 4, 1 and 6. Finally at Caulfield on Saturday, race 10, is the Catanaz Jewelers Mannerism Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for mares. At Group 3 level, looks like a fairly open one to me, Joel. Yeah, I think there's, you can make a case for several of these. I was with Party for one first up. She got a, a nice run and she stuck on well for third. I think she was always going to improve whatever she did there. Out to 1,400 suits. She'd love a bit of cut in the track. Um, probably not going to get that, but uh, just think with that run under the belt, she should map pretty well from gate five. And yeah, 11 or $12, I think, is over the odds. And you can back her each way too. Route to Arataki, I think, will improve also out of that same race at Caulfield. Uh, just the extra distance and the fitness will we'll certainly see her thereabouts. And then the runners from last week, Revolutionary Miss, had gate one, got a soft run. Now she's drawn barrier nine, so a little bit different, but her confidence is sky high at the moment. And 10 Eternal Flame, who should have got very close to her, uh, was right up on their heels in the final 100 metres. And uh, yeah, the, the market certainly has reacted and, and likes her. Six on top from two, one and 10. I'm with the six as well, party for one. I expected her to perform to the way she did in the Jeffrey Belmain uh, with the view of backing her in the mannerism. And uh, that was a good first up run. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm in her corner from the, the favourable draw here. To be the Eternal Flame and Revolutionary Miss who ran last week, of course, Eternal Flame was luckless. Revolutionary Miss got the run up along the rail and won quite well. And then for fourth, number four, Vagrant, who uh, is airborne and... Uh, uh, was strong at the end of 1,200 in finishing ahead of party for one last time. I've gone 6, 10, 1 and 4 in the mannerism. Uh, I'm giving Rote to Arataki another chance. Made her my value bet for the day to beat Revolutionary Miss Vagrant and Eternal Flame, 2, 1, 4 and 10. So, uh, as I mentioned, my best was race 6, number 7, Campionessa. That was my value bet, race 10, number 2, Rote to Arataki. Bet about Joel's best race five, number two, immediacy, and value bet race nine, number five, chain of lightning. We've also heard Carl's specials, which was race nine, number 15, King's Gambit, his best, and race eight, number 12, Inisa, his value bet. They are racing at Rose Hill Gardens in the Harbour City on Saturday, and the first of the black type races there is race four. This is another. Big two-year-old race, the TAB Silver Slipper. 1,100 metres set weights for two-year-olds at Group 2 level job. I'm going to stick with the Embassy. I was with him on debut. He met with really good support. He raced on speed. He gave a good kick and looked the winner and then got swamped late by Castagna, who had had the benefit of a start and had chased home Switzerland on debut. Uh, the way the day panned out, inside was not the place to be. So you could be a bit forgiving that Embassy wasn't able to hold on. He'll be better for that. And as I said, not too much of a disgrace getting beaten by Castagna, who had the Switzerland form. We saw him win again last week. He's got to step up to the plate here and, and tackle the breeders' plate, Quinella, of straight charge and espionage. 
going with straight charge to turn the tables on Espianis, but not a lot of confidence there. Of course, we've seen straight charge since that Breeders' Plate. Uh, be a very impressive winner over Erno's Cube in December. Erno's Cube's here. She went to the Gold Coast and ran pretty well. Unfortunately, straight charge got injured and didn't make it up there. And I've got number nine, Celerity, in for fourth. Good run on debut in the Lonro Plate. Same race as Embassy. Was back, came wide and hit the line really well. Uh, she's got a plenty of improvement in her, I suspect. Three to beat, two, one and nine. Going with straight charge, uh, number two. Uh, Breathers Plate placed together behind Espinage. Then one last time. Has uh, trolled well ahead of his resumption. Uh, and, of course, Prost has franked that form line in the Breathers Plate, uh, winning the Canterbury. Uh, Prost was third in the Breeders' Plate behind Espionage and Straight Charge. So Straight Charge on top for me from Espionage and for second. They're the main two hopes for mine. The third I'm putting in, number three, Embassy, and then fourth, number nine, Celerity. Race five at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday is the Parramatta Cup listed quality handicap over 1,900, Joel. Yeah, well, tricky race to be overly confident with so many, uh, well, yeah, well, quite a few horses resuming over a, a trip you don't often see horses resume over, but obviously stayers resuming and and what have you. I've gone with number 14, Lord Ardmore. Been a while between wins for this guy. Uh, 566 days, in fact. So hard to be overly confident, but he's run some good races in that time. And I like him back at Rose Hill. He's got a really good record. He went 1,400 to 2,000 second up in the January Cup by Naval College. And that was the day they broke the track record. And he was excellent. Four lengths from the winner, but he was really hitting the line from well back. Then they dropped him back to a mile. He had no hope that day. I think it was just the run, the tick over run that he had to have to be ready for this race. He didn't run badly. He drops to 53 and a half. Bit of sting out of the ground. Perfect. And as I said, he loves Rose Hill. So in a race with a few question marks, I could back him each way at a price. Six Dyer Mill seems to be a run ahead of where he normally is in a prep. Normally sort of third up, you're getting ready for him to peak. But he trialled really well before that first up run. Certainly wasn't surprised to see him run very well for third behind a more Victoria. So only second up, but I think he's come back in good order. And J-Mac to ride from a good draw. Easy to see why the market likes him. The market also likes Zenzella. Uh, she's in that uh, the Peter Young at Caulfield. Not sure where they'll go, but I suspect she'll go here. She stabled in Sydney this week and gets in with 53 and a half. So I think she'll be pretty competitive if she's, if she's here. And five bold Max, a similar sort of horse to Lord Ardmore. Um, needs a bit to go right, but he's had two runs back. The first one, he was that clearly an issue there, but he did improve and did beat Lord Ardmore home last start. Out and trip and another horse that likes racing at Rose Hill. 14-6, 13-5. Not a lot of confidence here. 15 Canberra legend on top. Uh, former, uh, uh, you know, started his career in England. Had decent three-year-old form in England. He's always been on, owned by Bon Ho, but uh, didn't show his best in two runs last campaign. On his best form, he'd go very close here. He opened $15. He's now into 11 uh, He might tighten up into single figures a little bit, but you wouldn't want to be taking anything less than 8 or $9, given the poor form he, he sort of showed last prep. So I've got him on top from Zenzella, who's obviously a dual acceptor. Uh, Dar Mill in for third. And number 17, Floating. If there's a bit of give in the ground and uh, he can get a runner's third emergency, uh, he is definitely worth considering. 15, 13, 6 and 17. 
Cross to race seven at Rose Hill on Saturday. Kia Millie Fox stakes 1300 metre group two set weights and penalties for Phillies and Mares, Joel. Yeah, I wish she'd have drawn better, but I like Vienna Princess. I think she's a really good each way play, $9. Uh, she went to a new level last prep, dominant first up win in 88 grade and then won the Silver Eagle. And then without much going right in the straight, she was very good in the old needle, beating only two lengths. I've liked her recent trials. She gets in really well under the conditions, being the second top rater in the field and escaping all the penalties gets in with 54. So I like her each way to beat one Zoo Gotcha, who does have the penalties, 58 kilos. Bit of a, a messy spring prep. They kicked her off at 1,100, trying to uh, declare her hand for an Everest. Just didn't go her way. I think you ignore that. Kicking off at 1,300 is a much better starting point for her. Six Lady Laguna is absolutely flying and will be hard to beat. And Nine Diamond Dealer might be the big improver. She won first up. The Triske run last week, she pulled up lame and didn't just looked a bit one-paced, but obviously all okay to be backing up. I like the backup on a wet track with blinkers on. There's a few ticks there. I wouldn't be sh- uh, shocked if she met some support and ran well. But eight on top from one, six and nine. Similar numbers. Eight for me, Vienna Princess as well. Very with what Joel said. She went to another level last prep. Uh, lightly weighted. The only worry for mine is that if How Good Are You dominates this race from the front and gets a bit of a soft lead, it doesn't look like there's too much of a, uh, uh, too many on paces in this race. Um, but, but Vienna Princess will be rushing home and be better for the run later in the prep, I'm sure. Lady Laguna's got the residual fitness and there's definitely the one to beat. Zugotya, um, didn't see the best of her last prep. I'm sure she'll run well here from barrier two and agree with what you said, Joel, about Diamond Dealer. Uh, pulled up lame last time, but obviously no major issues to be on the quick back up here. The, the first up win over Mrs. Chrissy, uh, I think, contained plenty of merit. I've gone eight, six, one and nine. Across to race eight at Rose Hill on Saturday. It is the Precise Air Hobartville Stakes. And that is a group two at set weights for three-year-olds over 1,400 metres, Joel. Yeah, interesting race. Um, looks to be quite a few chances in it. Um, going with number two, NCAP. I was with him first up in the SEMO Prince, and he didn't do anything to put me off following him for the rest of the campaign. He just was a little bit one-paced. He sort of got caught in traffic around the turn, needed a bit more room. Didn't quite quicken as well as the others, but his last 100 was very good. Drawn a tricky gate, so he's going to need a little bit of luck, but I think he's a good bet each way. 11 Fukubana has met with very good support from his early quotes earlier in the week. Very much an up-and-comer. He's going to need to improve to measure up to this lot, but has James McDonald on and has always looked a talented colt. Uh, one Tom Kitten, he was only getting warm late in the Eskimo Prince. Very good last 100 metres there. Drawn well, down in weight. He's a big player and seven celestial legend. He's another one that's going to appreciate the further distance than the twelve hundred of the Eskimo Prince. Two eleven, one and seven. This is probably NCAP's best distance, fourteen hundred meters. He, he won the Ming Dynasty. He almost won the Golden Rose over Militarize. He just needs a little bit of luck from the uh, the wide gate, and uh, if he gets that, he'll be awfully hard speed under the set weights conditions of the Hobart Bill. From one Tom Kitten, who did enough in the Eskimo Prince. Uh, and another horse I'll appreciate the rise in distance, but he probably needs 16 to 2,000 metres this pre- campaign to show his best. Third number seven, Celestial Legend, and fourth number six, Heeman. 
I've gone two, one, seven, and six. That wraps up the black type at Rose Hill. We have heard about Joel's value bet. That is race seven, number eight, Vienna Princess. And we've heard about Carl's best. That's race eight, number two, MCAP. Uh, but we'll now hear about your other special. Staying with Joel, you're going back to the world with uh, a similar a similar sort of uh, pick that we got successfully a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Race one in a midway Les Bridge with a legend, hopefully. Smart legend this time. Um, Invincible legend was the one a couple of weeks ago that got the cash third up in a midway. And this guy profile is pretty similar, although he's been going out favourite and getting beaten, whereas Invincible legend had been big odds. Uh, so we knew this guy was going to be a bit shorter in the betting. I think he's equal favourite at the moment, but that's okay. He's two runs back have been good. Just lacked a little bit of sharpness. He chased wind chat first up. Nothing wrong with that form. And then, again, last time out to the 1,400. Just came off the bit, but he kept finding the line. He certainly didn't give up. He's got a good gait. Uh, third up, looks ready to peak in a midway. Midway with a little bit of uh, a little bit of depth, must be said. But, uh, yeah, I think he gets his chance to win. So it happened to get us off to another good start. Carl, your value bet. Yeah, the last race, Dakota Vroom uh, won, his first, won her first two starts this campaign. Um, closing off slow tempos to win both times at Canterbury. And then again, last time, uh, ran on against uh, the tempo. They went slow and uh, Dakota Vroom just couldn't get over the top of Gently Rolled, who uh, is an emergency in this field um, and, and does loom as a, a danger. But I just think that uh, the daughter of I'm Invincible out of that catchy, Blue Diamond winner, of course, um, she looks to have come back really well and, and is destined for Stokes Company. Alrighty, they're racing on the main track at Morfordville on Saturday and there are, uh, it's a nice little meeting and there are three black type races. The first of those is for the two-year-olds and uh, it's going to be a bit of guesswork involved here with 10 of the 15 never having been seen on race day before. This is the Cinderella Stakes over 1,050 metres and it's for the fillies at set weights, Carl. I'm with Mindshift, course number four. Um, she was midfield in the Blue Diamond preview behind Hayasugi. Uh, was nibbled in betting. I, I thought she would be competitive in that race, and, and, and she was solid enough. Draws favourably in barrier six. I think she'll go close. Um, but as you say, Barks, hard to be bursting with confidence. I've gone for number three, Ville de Luminaire, for second, who was runner-up on debut at Packham. Uh, had every chance from barrier one. Got through on the inside. Fought hard to the line wasn't uh, wasn't disgraced in defeat. Third, number 12, uh, Palmer Jamira, and for fourth, number 13, Pure Aqua. Also worth noting, number seven, Campari Twist, has trolled really uh, nicely ahead of her debut, but I just feels a little bit under the odds. I've gone four, three, 12, and 13. And race seven at Morfville on Saturday is the Lord Reams Stakes, 2,600-metre Group 3 set weights and penalties. Yes, the main lead-up for the, the Adelaide Cup in a couple of weeks' time. I've gone with four Yellow Brick Row, the last start winner at Sandown Lakeside over 2,100. He led, he dictated, but then he had to find plenty under pressure when he was under siege. He looks soothed rising to the 2,600 here. Uh, obviously, he's a 73 Raider, not treated all that well under the set weights and penalties conditions of the race, but I do think that... Uh, 
His stamina will uh, hold him in good stead, and he is definitely worth an each-way ticket in, in a rather uh, open event. The map, an unusual pearl. I've got him for second and third. The map was a good first-up winner, uh, getting home over the top in a very fast-run race. Uh, she, of course, won over 2,800 during Melbourne Cup week last year. Unusual pearls, one who passed through starts nicely and is progressive. And then for fourth, I've put in horse number three, Grand Promenade, who is probably, well, you could arguably say is the best treated runner at the weights as a 100 rider carrying just 56 kilos. I've gone 4, 11, 14 and 3 with Yellow Brick Road, my value bet. Uh, race 8 at Morfordville on Saturday last of the Black Type events. It's the City of Marion Stakes, a listed quality over 1,200 metres. And we see your best come up here, Carl. And that price might be impacted depending on what they do with Miss Icelandic, who was a $4 favourite, snapped to $6.50. She was a stakes winner in Adelaide uh, last campaign over this course, winning the Proud Miss, came from back in the field and finished home over the top on a soft track. Uh, her, all her other wins have been on good ground, so she's definitely not a wet tracker. She just pulled up with a, um, a bit of heat stress at the end of last campaign at Ipswich. And first up in the Rubiton, she just never emerged into the, the race. Heard an interview with, uh, with Sam Friedman in the middle of the week, and uh, he expects Snap to bounce back. And this looks a really nice option for her. Got her on top from uh, Miss Icelandic, Party Princess, and then chucking in for fourth, uh, just throwing in Miss Tate, who's also a dual acceptor. I've gone 7, 12, 10, and 14. Okay, so Carl's best race, 8, number 7, snapped, and value bet race 7. Number 4, Yellow Brick Road. Any thoughts on Adelaide, Joel? Uh, nothing for me there, Bucks. All righty. Well, we'll head across to Doombin, where there's a massive 10-race card uh, with... The cutest jewel preludes uh, among among the highlights there. Carl, what did you find for us? Yeah, a tricky card at Doombin. Uh, going late, I'm going to go and give an old favourite one more chance. That shopping Esprit is my best bet. That's race 10, number eight. He has been placed. Um, he's passed two starts over the Eagle Farm mile. Uh, he was a bit unlucky as a well-backed favourite last time when beaten by Jebby. Start before was placed behind Freedom Rally, who uh, is quite a, a progressive sort. Uh, just giving him another chance. Barrier four here. Um, this looks his race. And my value selection, a little bit disappointed with the price. That high bar has come up, race nine, number four. I was expecting in such a big field this Cutis Jewel prelude that would get an each-way quote, but has come up around about 4 or $5. A good last start with her over 1,000 metres at the Sunshine Coast. We'll push forward up on the pace. And uh, worth noting that the five emergencies in this race have all drawn inside barriers six. Um, so there's a good chance from barrier eight he's going to jump close to the inside rail, which is very favourable. Alrighty, uh, we are racing at Ascot in the West on Saturday, where where there is, uh, and I do apologise, listeners, for the fact that I'm sounding very distracted today. But I'm uh, the uh, uh, online winning post is uh, having a lot of problems with the platform that uh, hosts it. I'm trying to solve that problem at the same time without any success whatsoever. But uh, race eight is the big one over. Sorry, 
Yeah, race eight is the big one at Ascot on Saturday. That's the Detonator Stakes. It is over 1,800 metres. It is a listed race. And our Perth man, Greg Hooper, thinks Marachino can get the cash there from Casino 17, Black Fantasy and Queen Alina. Two, one, four and seven. His best race four number, uh, sorry, his best race nine, number 11, Lord Vampy. Value bet, race four, number five, Sun Bronzed. Earlier in the day, across the Tasman, Joel, they're racing at uh, Otaki and Matter Matter. Uh, not quite as, uh, as big uh, meetings in terms of numbers as you usually get in New Zealand on a Saturday. Yeah, that's right, Barks. Yeah, number's quite small. Um, two feature meetings. We've got a group one at Otaki. Rest of the card, nothing special. But uh, the group one is the Otaki Maori the Wait for Age Classic, race seven. And plenty of interest here because Desert Lightning uh, tops the race, number one. And, of course, we're fairly certain he's going to come across for a crack at the All-Star Mile. Uh, owners, I think, have accepted their invite in. Um, so he lines up against uh, another horse that's been winning plenty of late in Panchura um, and also a horse that we've seen in Aussie plenty of times in Aegon. And I thought $9 was reasonable for Aegon, a while between wins for this guy. And if you've been with him, he's been testing the patience. But he was going really well. The fourth at Trentham, two runs back in the Group 1 Tab Classic, was uh, huge. He drew 17, got back to last, charged for fourth. That was behind Desert Lightning. And then they tried him again over 2000. I just don't think it's his trip. I think fresh back to the mile. $9 looks over the odds. Made him my value bet and my best bet. This man needs to step up and put this field away on Saturday. Race six, number four, Maven Bell. She's a decent enough price um, to, to back her. She's got all the talent in the world. She was very good first up. They went to the railway second up. She ran fifth. I thought she might have gone a tad better. She had a chance to sort of really get involved in the finish and it was only beaten three and a half lengths. So it wasn't disgraceful, but she was disappointing last start. She was a beaten favourite on Karaka Million Night and and she was pretty plain. But they've put the blinkers on. She's out of black type company, just an open handicap. Gets her chance just to rediscover winning form. Uh, so hopefully she can. Matter Matter have got uh, two nice stakes races for the two-year-olds. Uh, none of my specials come up in those races, but... Um, in particular, some horses worth looking out for in the two-year-old Matamata Slipper move to strike. Uh, this horse was, uh, after the debut, mooted as being a potential Blue Diamond runner, but beaten next start, um, but certainly not disgraced. Uh, you'd expect him to be very hard to beat, but also the third-place getter from the Caracamillion, Million, Full Force, who I tipped in that race, and I've tipped him again. I think he'll give him a run for his money. And in the Phillies race, really nice race this. Captured for love, number one, unbeaten. Archaic Smiles on two out of three. Alabama last trotted home by about eight or nine lengths on debut. Number four, Love Poem. I liked her at New Plymouth on debut. She was very game. She ran second to Captured by Love. She's the sister to Estriella. And, yeah, I think she's got some talent. So I'm going to stick with her each way. But that aside, my value comes up in the first. Number 10, that's all she wrote. Two runs back from a spell have both been good. Uh, she's been a little tricky to catch but I think third up off two good runs she's ready to win and my best is in the last race nine number two testify me gets back hits the line well on most occasions he was coming off a bit of a freshen the other day back in trip and he, he certainly did more than enough I think out to 2000 certainly looks a plus at this stage and as long as there's enough pace on I think it'd be hard to hold out 
Alrighty, that wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. There's also a bit of black type on Friday night and Sunday. Friday night, I speak of the PKF Tawny Night Cup over 2,500 metres at the Valley. It's attracted a full field of 15 plus two emergencies. And uh, Joel, you've found one there at a bit of value. Uh, yes, my value bet for the night comes up in that race. And it is the Chris Waller trained Kirkby. So he's just been ticking over nicely. Improved last start by Naval College when finishing third. Very similar prep to last start. Just kept improving and then was able to win fourth up. So here he is, fourth up. Gets a good draw. Mick D to ride. Uh, there's a few chances here. It's a pretty wide open race. But I think if you back him each way, you won't be far off the mark. All righty. And as I mentioned, there's uh, a little bit of black type on Sunday as well because that is uh, Tasmanian Oaks Day. Obviously, the big... Um, the big uh, the big action in Launceston is uh, on a Wednesday, is the following Wednesday, which uh, means that we don't cover it. But we have got uh, a full a full form guide for our Tasmanian readers and uh, fields uh, in the other editions. The black type races uh, start in race five: Little Giant Homes, Gold Sovereign Stakes. It's a twelve hundred meter listed race for two-year-olds at set weights and uh, the filly Gigi's Miss Truth has taken her or before her winning uh, three in a row to start her career and uh, there's really just no reason that she's not going to win again. That's race five, number two. And then another, there'll be another real shorty in the Oaks itself over 2,100 metres uh, at level weights for three-year-old fillies of the Kevin Sharkey Tasmanian Oaks race seven. And that is Wings of Song who has now won four in a row. For Patrick Payne, girls, girls, girls uh, came home for second for Andrew Bobbin in the main lead up to Strut Stakes there. But she now, because that was, I think she was getting three kilos off Wings of Song there, now has to meet her on level weights. There's another one that's come over uh, in Ala Moana for Danny O'Brien, who I guess could be some sort of danger. But they're both going to be very short, not really betting propositions either of those races. One, two, five, and three in race seven for me, and two, three, one, and seven in race five. Uh, that wraps up the previous section of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend Lazy Lobsters. Well, I was overdue and uh, I got us back into a bit of profit last week. One of Carl's was scratched, but uh, I actually pulled the right rein for once. I did like cute as at a price, but I thought I'll just go the place just to make sure of a uh, collect. And she duly ran third, uh, $3.70 on the uh, Super Tab, which is what we go off, unfortunately, because she was uh, $4.40, the place fixed. Anyway, Joel, what are you going to do for us this week? Well, I think about mine. Yeah, I'm going to split uh, mine. I'm going to have two $10 win bets in Sydney. So we'll put 10 for a win on Smart Legend, race one, number 14, and we'll put 10 for a win on Vienna Princess, race seven, number eight. And 
and I'll just do my regular pattern at the moment. I'll have 10 to win on King's Gambit, race 9, number 15, and I'll have 5 each way on race 8, number 12, and these are in the diamond. 5 each way on Eniza. And I, um, let's see, what am I going to go? I might go, uh, I think I'll, I'll have to, I'll just go Campionessa, which is uh, Caulfield race six, number seven. So that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. It's in the shops first thing Friday morning. I always say it's online as we speak, but it isn't. Uh, but we will be working through the night. Thursday nights uh, liaising with our good friends at issue.com to try to get that up online. Uh, but anyway, if you fail at that, hopefully you uh, are living somewhere where you can go to the shop on Friday morning and get it. It's got all the form for Friday, Saturday and Sunday, all your favourite features, plenty of great reading besides. Have a great Blue Diamond Day, everybody. Back plenty of winners and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.